This is Cyrus Fees, voice of the NWA, Global Force Wrestling, and fight shows around the world. You're listening to The Kings of the Ring. You're listening to The Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Previously on Kings of the Ring, Chris Stanley was brutally honest with Dan Sanders, but he ended up winning him over. After Crusher Krawcheck's miscalculation since taking over Heartland resulted in them losing their cable TV slot on the America Channel to the Empire, the city of St. Louis is targeted by Julian Kane as the next Chicago-level coup. While they prepare to headline a sold-out Greensboro show and the first-ever closed-circuit event in wrestling history, Tommy Aloha is more worried about his long-term future with Jesse James as Booker. After the angle was shot to build Thor Hansen versus Diamond Donnie Gold for MTV, Julian Kane switched it to Thor versus Tama the Wild Beast. Hollywood Buddy Melrose's months-long babyface experiment ended as he turned heel to make way for the debut of the enormously popular Goliath in Charlie Gotch's AMW. And finally, after firing Louis the Greek and Sal Spinelli, Julian Kane began a new profit-driven directive for the EWF, culminating in the creation of Empire Mania, an end-of-the-year blow-off designed to be the biggest wrestling show in history, headlined by Thor Hansen and Diamond Donnie Gold. Today's episode features the guest voice talents of Cyrus Fees and would be rated TV-14 for profanity and drug use. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. The limousine pulls up the front of the Civic Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. Charlie Gotch steps out in his flashy vest. A silk, tan, butterfly-collar shirt, buttoned down, exposing a gold chain and medallion underneath a brown and black plaid jacket. Might be a few years behind with this outfit, Charlie Gotch is feeling it as he strides up the stairs through the main doors surrounded by security and thousands of fans waiting to get inside as he passes under the marquee that reads AMW title match Buddy Melrose versus Goliath sold out Charlie continues his walk down the hallway pointing at people with a double gun motion as he walks down to the backstage area Freddie Fengler approaches with a big smile and a handshake Say, is that my boss, or is that Diamond Donnie Gold? <laughs> How we doing, Freddy? Shiny, boss. Just shiny. Good. How's Nelly? Fucking miserable. I don't know why. We set another record gate, and tonight's the night we crown our new AMW champion. Speaking of which... The door booms open, and out steps Nelly, holding the side of his head. You fucking cunt! If I wanted to wipe my arse with bleeding sandpaper, I'd tell you to bring me some bleeding sandpaper. Now get me some soft toilet paper right now, or I'll wipe my arse with your fucking head. Cunt! Yes, Mr. Logan. Got it. Nelly runs down the hallway in a panic, not even noticing his father. Eh, he can take it. Meet the counter receipts. I think the arena's trying to fuck me on concessions. Kings of the Ring, Episode 16, MSG on MTV. Uh, no, 
There's a hundred of them, and only two of us. But the only way to free those men is to get through their entire fortress. We can take them, Rambo. There you have it, people. Your first exclusive look at the upcoming sequel to First Blood, Rambo. Sylvester Stallone and Thor Hansen, each shirtless, ripped, and greased, wearing nothing but headbands and camouflage pants and boots, are sitting in director's chairs on the set of Rambo, being interviewed by a TV crew. Dude, you look totally major. Sylvester Stallone responds. Oh yeah, you know, uh, we did a lot of military training together, and we hit the gym every morning. But uh, it's tough to keep up with this guy. Like totally? Oh, come on, Sly. I'm the one trying to keep up with you. This dude's a monster. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so radical. Now, Thor, I understand you've been doing this entire movie while injured from a wrestling match. Yeah, bro. This big Samoan dude named Tama crushed me. Broke like 16 ribs. So it's been tough. Ugh. But don't worry. I'll get my revenge when I make my big comeback on MTV. That is so gnarly. Well, we can't wait to see you in your big match on MTV, then see you in Rambo next year. This is Gary Delabate coming to you from the set of Rambo in the jungles of Mexico. And we'll be right back with more Entertainment Magazine. And that's a wrap. Thanks, dudes. You guys got any blow or what? I'm fucking dying here. Hey, uh, Trina, take care of Gary here. Sylvester Stallone's pretty young assistant motions for Gary to follow her. Julian Kane is standing off set, observing them, arms folded, resting his chin on his hand. A stagehand walks by and says to Julian, Such chemistry those two have. Rambo is going to be a major hit. Yeah. Thor and Sylvester do the 80s manshake, a handshake reserved only for real men, grasping each other's hands as if they were arm wrestling in midair, while flexing their oiled forearms. Then, Sylvester heads to his trailer while Thor approaches Julian. Is that okay, Julian? You were great, Thor. Remember to plug MTV like I told you. Hey, Julian, is it okay if Sly comes to Empire Mania? He wants to see me wrestle Donnie Gold. He says Donnie's the only wrestler he likes more than me. <laughs> of course. Now go get changed. We're flying back to New York tonight. Julian walks over to Stallone's trailer. Yo. Sylvester, how'd you like to make history? In the locker room of the Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, Dickie Wayne and Hercules Harris are facing each other, straddling the long sports bench in the locker rows, while Tommy Aloha unbuckles his scuffed gray aluminum suitcase, revealing his wrestling boots and gear inside. Dickie takes a pair of scissors, carefully cutting the corner off of a razor blade, while Hercules picks one up already wrapped in white medical tape and puts it in his own wrist tape. Boy, sure I'm gonna miss you guys. Nobody makes a better gig than you, Dickie. Miss us? We're not going anywhere, motherfucker. What about the blow-off tonight? Change of plan, Pineapple. We're going over. <laughs> Jesse James is in a small office, looking over the booking sheet for tonight's show. Denny Wayne is in the chair in front of him, leaning back. Feet up on the table. Where, oh where is Daniel Hawkins? 
Our humble benefactor missing the biggest show we've ever had? No, uh, he took the plane down to Columbia and Greenville, making sure the closed circuit was uh, up and running. Closed circuit TV. Is our humble little Carolina territory entering the big time now, Jesse James? Just little experiments is all. We'll find out soon enough. Tommy Aloha bursts into the room. What the fuck, Jesse? Dickie just told me to finish for tonight. You bury me in my own fucking hometown, motherfucker? Tommy takes his shirt off, ready to fight. Whoa, whoa, just simmer down, boy. <laughs> you are madder than a wet hen, my friend. Fuck you, Wayne. I mean it, just simmer down. No one's getting buried. Now listen, when Julian bought Atlanta, it killed my feud with Tex Harper before it even got started. And old Tex got such a burr in the saddle for losing those dates, he committed himself to Japan for the rest of the year. So I can't bring him to Charlotte. And I need guys I can work with. Which is why I need the Rebels to stay. And y'all booked this split up stipulation before I even got here. And I ain't gonna deny the fans a payoff. Oh yeah, now we got a tour to child. No, no, just hear me out. I'm setting you up for the hottest view the Carolinas seen since uh, uh, Donnie Gold and Killing Kavanaugh in 81. Hercules is gonna turn heel on you. Tommy calms down, not sure what to think. You do the botch finish. Uh, you hold Danny by the arms. Herc hits the ropes, come back with his finish, the big clothesline. Danny breaks free, moves out the way, bam. Uh, pardon me, Mr. James, but he should be holding back big old Kuda. Would make Tommy and all those muscles on that cocoa brown body of his look weak if he can't hold my skinny little body down. Okay, so you hold Kuda. Herc comes back at him, he moves, bam. Kuda bumps Hercules out the ring and pins you. Then what? Uh, Hercules recovers, uh, rolls back in, while the rebels celebrate uh, all the way to Patterson Street. But then you two are in the ring, start to argue him. Maybe a little shoving, a little push. But then Hercules slaps you hard and then walks off. We let it linger in the air. And then we pick it up on TV next week and rally. Then he turns to Tommy and puts his hands up as if to say, Is that okay? Tommy, I know you two are bosom buddies, so you won't be able to travel together once this deal gets going. But this is a major angle. And if this closed circuit gimmick works, y'all are going to make more money than you ever did before. Tommy walks off stoically, not saying anything. In Huntsville, Alabama, the All-American Dan Sander is with his official driver and new unofficial advisor, young Chris Stanley, nephew of Burt Ironside, at a local bar. Chris is already drunk since discovering daiquiris, while the All-American is only on his second beer. We're so close to Tennessee, you think you'd ever work for a Wild Wild Wrestling? I don't know, Raylan Crenshaw, but I think I might end up giving him a call at some point. What about Milwaukee? You used to work for American Midwest before Empire State, right? Yeah, Charlie Gotch is who trained me. But uh, uh, Buddy Melrose and I have heat. What? Just then, a stout-looking man in a trucker hat and flannel shirt stumbles over, carrying a mug of beer, and drunkenly pats Dan Sanders on the back, causing him to spill his beer. Wake your head. You're one of them wrestlers like the Angel Boys. I don't see them or any other real wrestlers here. <laughs> so who the fuck you think you are? The man pokes Dan. This 
is the All-American Dan Sanders, Empire State Champion, and soon-to-be All-South Champion. Chris, Chris, it's okay. Yeah, buddy, uh, I'm just here with a friend having a beer. Then we'll be on our way. So, please, go back to your table. Thank you, friend. Dan turns and shakes the man's hand, who's a little surprised at his friendliness, and is gently steered away by Sanders, and drunkenly walks away. You all right, Chris? Yeah, um, wait a second. Did you say you have heat with Hollywood buddy Melrose? We had a title versus title match in 82, uh, Osaka. My last match in Japan. A Broadway, so we both keep our heat. Finish, me having him pinned, then time runs out as the ref counts two. But the referee was early, so we actually counted three when the bell rang. That's a good finish. But it wasn't on purpose. The referee or the timekeeper fucked up. But Buddy accused me of greasing somebody to count early, to make it look like I won. I remember pictures of that in, in the digest. I always thought it made sense since you were the babyface getting screwed out of a win. Things are a little different over there. More neutral than the babyface heel stuff we do over here. And that was the problem in Buddy's eyes. When the digest ran with that story, it made it back to Japan and made him look weak. He not only needed to protect the AMW title over here, but also himself. And he blamed me for not getting as many bookings in Japan after that. An enormous truck driver with pale white skin and red hair approaches this time and slams his beer on the table between Chris and Dan. My friend told me you're claiming to be a wrestler. I drive my truck around the south. I seen real men like that Jesse James and Tex Harper drink men under the table and leave with their women. But I don't know you. Chris, remembering there's no Tama for the save this time, and if he lets something go down again, Bert will kill him, or worse yet, fire him. Chris drunkenly attempts to stand up from a stool, which seems to take half an hour. He rises up, nose to chest on this truck driver. Listen here, bucko. Get out of here, or I'm gonna kick your ass. Chris Stanley pathetically puts his fists up. What? Oh, now listen here. I wasn't trying to upset your friend. We're just here minding our own business. But it looks like that's not going to be possible. So tell you what. How about you and me arm wrestle? And if you win, you can kick my young friend's ass here. Wait, kick whose ass? Before the man can even respond, Dan Sanders moves their beer glasses and ketchup bottles out of the way and puts his elbow down with his arm up. You think them spindly little arms can beat me? I'm six foot eight and 300 pounds. Yeah, Dan. He's six foot eight and 300 pounds? <laughs> Dan crouches over and holds his arm out in position. The giant truck driver leans down and looks into Dan's eyes, shaking his head. You are as dumb as you look. Dan slams the man's hand back on the table. He resets and does it again in a flash. Hey, wait. Bam! 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 Dan Sanders pins him over and over and over again, beating his hand into a pulp against the hard wooden table. And then Dan stands up while still holding his hand, but twists into a handshake 
and crushes the truck driver's hand. I want to thank you. I actually enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Now, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to finish my beer with my friend. Yes, sir. Dan lets go, and the truck driver heads back, nursing his crushed hand as his stout friend looks on in horror. Dan sits and winks at Chris, who's flabbergasted. See? I told you I work up for strength, not that bodybuilding shit. The Four Seasons Restaurant in Midtown Manhattan, one of the prominent eateries of New York City, is home to the Empire Wrestling Federation Brain Trust this afternoon as a pre-celebration for their debut on MTV on this night. Julian Kane and Nigel Davies in their suits are already into their cocktails when Les Henderson barrels in, wearing his sloppy sports coat with large velvet patches on the elbows, and slaps down the newest Pro Wrestling Digest on the table with the headline, Thor Hansen vs. Donnie Gold, the match that must happen at Empire Mania. It's building, Julian. Magazines are on it. Fans are on it. It's going to be big. Hendo sits down. The Digest. When is the Empire magazine up and running, Nigel? You told me you postponed it until 1985. All right. But this is perfect for Empire Mania. The dream match of the decade. Julian, thinking. Hmm. Maybe. Julian, what are you talking about? I'm not so sure about Thor versus Donnie anymore. Charlie Gotch thinks he's back on top with Goliath. And he's not. And I need everyone to understand that. No one thinks that. Charlie does. Julian, please. Thor Hansen vs. Johnny Gold is the biggest matchup in the business. We set that up tonight on MTV in front of more than 10 million people. I agree, it is the biggest matchup. Until it isn't. What would be bigger? Sylvester Stallone. Wrestling? Julian nods as he takes another drink from his martini in a double old-fashioned glass. This isn't just an idea, is it? You've already spoken to him. He's in. You want him to wrestle Thor? That would be the biggest fight in America. Uh, wrestling, boxing, anything. I know, but Thor needs to stay babyface. And Stallone is obviously not going to play heel. If it's a matter of getting a passable match uh, out of Stallone... Tony Gold is the obvious choice. He can work a match with a broomstick. What would be the finish? Stallone ain't gonna lose. <laughs> of course. Now I see why you've made Donnie the obvious choice. In a relatively empty Madison Square Garden locker room, Donnie Gold is with Julian, Nigel, and Henderson unbuttoning his white dress shirt. Well, who does the jab? We can discuss that later. But keep in mind... Sylvester Stallone is the biggest star in the world, and next year, he'll be even bigger with Rambo. But he's the one fucking off back to Hollywood. I still have to work here. He's an actor. It would be the biggest payoff of your career. What happened to me and Thor? 1985. For Empire Mania, he'll be working some sort of gimmick rematch with Tama. Donnie sighs and thinks about it for a moment. All right. As the big MTV show is getting underway, the double doors burst open and about a dozen bodyguards, suits, and handlers enter the locker room. 
Tall Paul, Michael Angel, Chief Thunder, everyone stops dressing and looks over. Tartan Kid sees all these outsiders pour into their locker room and shouts out to one of the Bronx Bombers, Hey Tony, his o is his kiss amazing. And then they see they're all surrounding someone, the one and only Sylvester Stallone. Killian Kavanaugh, Jack Trades, and Tama make their way over to Tiny Gold, who's lacing up his boots. Got a gold. To you and the actor, eh, Donny? Yep. Thor and Stallone are giving each other the 80s man shake in the center of the locker room, as everyone notices how tight their champ is with the Hollywood superstar. Those two and Julian Kane make their way to Donnie Gold and the others. Sylvester holds his hand out to shake as Donnie puts on a big smile. Hey Donnie, how you doing? So it's gonna be uh, me and you at uh, Empire Mania. That's right, Sylvester. Rocky Balboa and the Golden Boy. <laughs> oh yeah. Donnie will work with you and begin training next week. And Dr. Bilson already has your New York wrestling license. Tonight, we need some kind of confrontation to set up Sly and Donnie during the Thor-Tama match. You didn't already have this laid out. Usually, Louis handles that. Nigel looks at Julian, slightly worried, as is Stallone. Donnie Gold speaks. We'll figure this out. So in the ring will be Thor and Tama, and at ringside, the entire stable, Jack, myself, and Kiri. Sly will be in the front row as the uh, supportive friend of Thor and celebrity fan of Empire Wrestling. For the match, I'll step in front of her and we'll shake hands for the, the cameras and the people. How long be going anyway? Well, it's for the belt, so uh, 20, 30 minutes? This is MTV. This is the Empire. 10 to 13 minutes. Okay, uh, but anyway, it needs to be a schmoz. Go home after Thor makes a big comeback at the end. And then, Donnie, you jump in and cut him off for the DQ. Make sure you get there right away, Donnie. Need to protect my finish, brother. Manager Jack Trades asks. Then we come in? No, just Sly. As Thor is fighting all of you off, Sly hops the rail and jumps in the ring. Nah, it's going to take too long. He should be near the ring already. Donnie's right. How about he's at ringside the whole time, like uh, Thor's second? Oh yeah, I can even uh, put a towel around my neck like his trainer. Soon as you see me putting the boots to Thor, then you jump in the ring. Jack Trades adds, Once Donnie Gold turns around, you should nail him. No, nothing physical yet. Okay, uh, how about I turn around and he cocks his fist like he's gonna hit me. Then he'd take a bump anyway like I was uh, shocked that Rocky's about to nail me. That would be an excellent tease. How about that? Nigel looks at Julian, who nods, and to Stallone as well. Oh, I could do that. Donnie continues. Then I get up and shove you. You push me back. Then Killian, Tama, and Security hold me back while Thor pulls Stallone away and we powder out. Good. Nigel captures it. This is going to be front page news. Perfect setup for Empire Mania. He shakes Donnie's hand and Stallone's. Come now, Thor, Sly. You need to cut a promo with Martha Quinn and announce that you'll be accompanying him to the ring to counter the heels. Over 22,000 fans in Madison Square Garden are on their feet as a sweat-soaked Thor Hansen shakes his fists and entire body as Tama the Wild Beast beats on Thor, who shrugs off every blow 
with power seemingly gained from the loud support of the fans. He punches Tama back once, twice, and then lifts him up for a thunderous body slam. Thor mugs for the New York faithful as he runs from the corner of the ring and leaps into the air and crashes down on Tama with a knee to his chest. Diamond Donnie Gold slides into the ring and starts stomping on Thor, breaking up the pin and causing the referee to signal for the bell. Sylvester Stallone runs up the corner stairs onto the ring apron and awkwardly climbs through the ropes and runs over to slap Donnie on the back with both hands. Donnie turns around to see a red-faced, fired-up Sylvester Stallone, looking like Rocky Balboa in real life. Come on! The MTV cameras capture it all as Sylvester swings but stops his punch perfectly to fake him out, just like he said he would backstage. Donnie Gold flops as if he were scared and bumps to the delight of the jam-packed Madison Square Garden. And just as an adrenalized Sylvester Stallone turns around to mug for the fans, he's stopped by Killian Kavanaugh, standing right in his face with a dead look. Stallone is completely caught off guard as this was not what was planned. But unlike the movies he's used to working on, wrestling is a one-take performance and he can't yell cut. Jack Trades climbs in quickly to check on Donnie, yelling at him to get up. Get up! Stallone's best improv he can think of is to repeat what he did to Donnie, so he feigns a punch, assuming Killian will do what Donnie did. Instead, Killian completely no-sells it, not flinching or blinking in the slightest, and maintains his rock-faced, stoic expression. Just staring Sylvester Stallone down. No fear. Donnie Gold gets up and shoves Stallone, who teeters back, then pushes Donnie back, before Thor holds Stallone back and Jack Trades and Killian hold Donnie back, while Tama slowly gets up. And as the veteran actor Sylvester Stallone, red-faced, yelling and pointing at Donnie Gold, while Donnie yells back, Killian just calmly keeps Donnie at bay with Jack Trades, as was the plan, while looking back at Stallone with a calm expression of total badass, completely stealing the show. Donnie shoves Killian against the locker room doors. What the hell was that, Killian? You going into business for yourself? Stallone speaks up. Hey, listen guys, you have to tell me if we're doing something different out there. No, Donnie. Julian, I'm sorry. I was in the moment. It didn't make any sense for me to just stand here doing nothing after Sly just shoves me partner down. The veteran manager Jack Trade scolds. It's because you were supposed to stay on the floor. I thought we jumped in after Donnie puts the boots to Thor. I was improvising. Mr. Stallone knows what I'm talking about. He's one of the finest actors in Hollywood. Mr. Stallone, I know he didn't plan this. I'm sorry if I scared you out there. I know you're not used to working live. In a room full of legit tough guys and powerful athletes, the last thing Sylvester Stallone can do is reveal how he thought Killian was going to knock him out in front of 20,000 people and millions more on live TV. <laughs> not for nothing, Irish. But I've been around worse than you. <laughs> they all laugh. Ho-ho! We got a live one here, fellas. <laughs> Don't fuck with the Italian stallion. What counts is... We got the face-to-face between you and Donnie, and that is the picture. That is the moment that sells Empire Mania to America. Julian is silent, 
thinking, absorbing everything. On September 29th, the Empire Wrestling Federation is coming to St. Louis. St. Louis. Come to the St. Louis Arena and witness the debut of the EWF and all of the superstars of the Empire Wrestling Federation. You'll see Michael Angel, Bad Bad Leroy Brown, Diamond Donnie Gold, and the EWF World Heavyweight Champion. We pull back and see the commercial playing on a large wooden console television set on the floor, like another piece of large furniture. A brand new cable TV converter box is set up on top, edging out the flower pot that used to live there for so many years. We see the yellow curtains behind it and the old brown shag rug it lays upon. We pull back further and see a TV tray with a can of red, white, and blue beer and a half-eaten plate of mashed potatoes and beef gravy on it, as well as the man watching, none other than Carl Crusher Krawcheck. He calmly sits back in his favorite recliner with a cloth in one hand, cleaning and polishing something dark and metallic. Julian Kane's wrestling plays out on the screen as he gives one last wipe and he points the shiny object at the TV. A 44 Magnum. Yikes. Get ready, fans, for episode 17, Man with a Gun, coming soon. And remember to tell your wrestling fan friends, or even if you have non-wrestling fan friends who listen to audio drama podcasts, about this show. While we cater most advertising to wrestling fans, there are definitely non-wrestling fans who are regular listeners of the Kings of the Ring. Uh, And at this point, you're familiar enough with the show to know if your friends or co-workers would be into this or not. So please spread the word on social media or wherever, as shows like this depend on word of mouth more than anything. And thank you for that. 